Um, to, not to, to give away too much, but I'm a little sleepier after finishing the lodge. I, oh <laughs> if that is any kind of hint. <laughs> but yeah, I'm totally yeah yeah yeah. But I I know what you mean. It's an it's a it's yet another pretty bleak. Uh, yeah, as, with this as one. once it started getting towards the end, I, I kept thinking like, how fucked up is this ending going to be? <laughs> like, if this is a kill pick, like I know at some point there's going to be like a like a left turn, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to be miserable about life. But I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't think it's too too depressing. Like, it does have a very bad ending, like, yeah, for the characters. But I wasn't. But you kind of you kind of know it, it has to end poorly just from like the setup, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys are okay. <laughs> there was something else I was <laughs> that I just Oh, um the the trailer for like the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I have not watched this trailer came yet. Came out the other day. Um Yeah. Yeah, did you guys watch the trailer? I haven't seen it yet. I watched it when was it Beerzar that posted it? Some, I think someone so. in our Discord yeah. posted it. Yeah, and I watched it. Well, it was weird because that picture from the preview was like from '74, and it is not like in this new one. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, it. Yeah. Seems interesting though. It seems like a, the continuation, like how, um, you know, Halloween was basically the sequel yeah. to the first Halloween, 2018 to 78 like it seems like they're doing that type of which i don't necessarily like i think we should include texas chainsaw massacre 2 at the yeah at least. least two yes oh my god i mean I, yeah. I, I, that's yeah that's where any kind of continuity ends anyway for those first couple but like um uh yeah i it's weird because i feel like they didn't they just release leatherface which was another type of this exact thing of like a sequel to the original or was that a straight... What the hell was that one? <laughs> that just came out like a year and a half ago, I feel like. Because of the pandemic. this That was probably like 2014 or something. <laughs> and just the yeah, way knows? that like, who knows time at this point. Yes. has moved. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, Texas Chainsaw did the same thing. And uh, at least right. changed the title a little bit. I really can't stand that it's the same title. I'm so tired of that. No, I guess you're right. 2017 Okay, yeah, when they yeah. did it. So yeah, I mean, like it's you look at that franchise; they barely go a, like a five-year period without releasing something. <laughs> like it's it's kind of weird how consistent they are about getting a movie out. Well, I guess it was what like twelve years between the first and the second one, right? That's like the biggest like, gap. It was a long I think. time. I think like that's yeah. the biggest gap in movies, though. Like because the the remake came not too much longer after like the McConaughey one. That had a prequel, and then, like, yeah. So so there was 74, 86 was 2, 1990 was Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Right. We have 95 for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And then it seems to go 2003. Oh, okay, so that's, a, yeah, it's a bigger remake. gap than I thought. We do 06 for the beginning. We do Texas Chainsaw 2013, <laughs> and then Leatherface 2017 it's pretty frequent that they put one out like every like six to seven mm. years or so fascinating yeah <laughs> but we're not talking about family movies anymore yeah. this month are we oh no well no, the, no. there are families in this this one's kind of a fam this is a family it's a f- fucked up you know yeah yeah welcome to the weekly podcast massacre i am your host for today i am kill 
I'm Michael Murphy from Portland, Oregon, but everyone calls me Murphy. Uh, and I am Greg from a uh, very not cold Los Angeles. <sighs> it's cold here. And yeah, we are continuing our chilly month. And this movie was definitely fucking freezing at times. Yeah. We are talking about uh, The Lodge from 2020, a recent movie. <laughs> no, wait, it's 2019. Either way. Yeah, I had 2019, so I think it January probably, 25th. I think it played in some uh, like fe- like some festival or something in 2019, but I don't think it got any kind of like theatrical release until 2020, because that's when I saw it, was like the first weekend that came out in January of 2020, I believe. Yeah, that's, that is what it looks like, because then on Google, there's multiple like trailer 2020, yeah, exactly. so it must be, yeah, hmm. festy. Sundance is what it looks like, yeah. Cool. This movie stars Riley Keough as Grace, and Riley Keough, to mention, is the granddaughter of Elvis, but that doesn't matter, because I feel like she's super talented, (laughs) and she does a really excellent job in this movie, and the other things that I have seen her in. So I'm definitely a fan after seeing her in a few things, and I'm excited. I'm glad she does horror, because I think she's in, what is it called, The House That Jack Built? Oh, is she? Yeah. Ooh, I have not seen yeah. that. Um, I haven't seen that, but yeah, I knew she was in it. We had talked about her in a previous episode when we were talking about like Hollywood royalty and that kind of stuff. And yeah. That. Yeah, I had to remind myself. I was like, why Why do I know her name again? Yeah. I, I knew her as, as one of the, the girls in... Um, one of the girls is a, a way of... Sucker Punch? It's or, dismissive. Uh, no, but Mad, uh, Max. Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. She's the one yeah. who gets run over by the by Morton Joe, right? Ow. The pregnant one? I think it's her. Is that her? Or is okay. that a different one? No, it's not her. That's not her. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Yeah, different one. But uh, she's one of, the, yes, she's one of the women in Mad Max. Yeah. There's also um, Jaden Martell is in this movie. You might recognize him from the It movies, the more recent ones. Uh, the movie St. Vincent mm-hmm. and Knives Out. He's great, too. I really like him. Yeah. yeah he's super talented. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's also uh, Book of Henry, right? Oh, yes, in the book yes Henry, he is in the, the book Ryan of Johnson. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Which I have um, not seen, but heard Colin horrible things about. Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> you can't pin that on Ryan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's, oh, that's, that's right. Trevorrow. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty, right. it's pretty awful. That is nearly unwatchable. Um, it's so bizarre. Naomi Watts is like, I mean, like. I love Naomi Watts, but I mean, it, it, it's, 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 that movie is an affront. Like, it's pretty bad. There's another child actor in this. Uh, Leah McHugh plays the daughter slash sister Mia. Richard Armitage plays somebody named Richard. He, you may recognize him from Lord of the Rings. He played Thorin, and he was mm-hmm. also in the Hannibal television series as uh, Francis Dollarhide. And of course, Alicia Silverstone oh, right. is in part of the movie as well. Um, and nobody knows who Alicia Silverstone is. She's not famous for anything else. <laughs> yeah, no, it actually is a very good cast. It's very small, but I think literally every performance in this is is pretty great. Um, Richard Armitage isn't in it a whole lot, but I really like what we get of him. Uh, my favorite is Mia, though. I think she is the best performance in this movie. I think she is. Uh, incredible. I really liked Alicia Silverstone. Like I've, I've always really oh, I mean, enjoyed yeah. her work, She's and amazing. it was nice yeah. to see her, like again, because I, I can't think of the last like big project that I had seen her do something in. And even though she's very limited in this movie, yeah. like she has a very important role, and she, she carries such a sadness 
within it. It like it really impacted me, just like her performance. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh, it's it's a really good um, opening act with her. She's she's awesome in that. Yeah. I hadn't seen her in in a lot in a really long time. So the first time I saw this, I was happy to see her as well. That she's still still out there, still doing stuff. Yeah, I didn't even really. Uh, when I saw this in theaters, I definitely did not even did not recognize it was her at all. And then this one, going into it, I already knew. So, um, yeah, it's just it, it lends the movie an extra bit of like punch at the beginning, and it's such a like a recognizable person. Oh yeah, um, and you don't really. I mean, you think of her from like Clueless, which is much more of a happy movie <laughs> than what happens to her character <laughs> in this one too. So, I don't know. Um, so the director, there's actually two directors in this movie. Uh, Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. They're both known for Goodnight Mommy and they directed something in The Field Guide to Evil. You guys know them? I know them from Goodnight Mommy, which I have not seen, but I remember the trailer for that, like, the trailer for that freaked me out on its own. And I really wanted to see it and I don't know why I didn't. Um, So yeah, I just know their names. I kind of, you know, have an idea of who they are. No, I I haven't seen her really heard of them before so the um the two directors also were co-writers along with sergio cassie i don't know how to say that name c-a-s-c-i koski that's good yeah cool um it is an hour and 48 minutes long a little bit long i like my movies a little shorter than that but that's okay yeah um so let's uh let's dive in then So Laura Hall is the first person we meet. That is played by Alicia Silverstone. She's getting ready, um, calling her kids to get ready as well. She is in the bathroom brushing her teeth. She breaks down crying. Uh, She takes her kids over to their dad's house, who is Richard, played by Richard Armitage. Um, He says that his girlfriend is not there, but we see, like, Laura looks out, and we can see her through the back window, like, exiting through the back. Um... Richard tells Laura that they need to finalize their divorce, and you can just see the pain in her eyes in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then she just gets this big fake smile and walks out of the house. So she goes home, and she's tidying up. Heartbreaking. She's, yeah, it really is. She's tidying up yeah. um, these books. Uh, and I wondered if maybe these were the husband's books, because we find out later that he was he writes books. Um but I don't. I wonder if those were his. So she drinks a little bit of wine, takes off this necklace that I think her wedding ring is on that necklace, and then she just pulls out a gun and shoots herself. Within a span of like three seconds, like it's so yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. Just like there's a gun, it's in her mouth. Like trigger is pulled. Yeah, it's it's shocking. I do think um, I want to say to uh, oh yeah, I forgot to mention too. This is a Hammer movie. This is produced by the, the Hammer Film Company. That's right. Who like oh. uh, that does a weird marvel yes. knockoff thing where they show like a bunch of like screenshots yeah. of other hammer movies all the, hammer the movies. old hammer movies so yeah they made like a bunch of frankenstein and dracula movies and a lot of really awesome bloody horror movies in the 50s and 60s and 70s i i just finished watching all like the hammer dracula movies and i had, I had totally forgotten this was made by them so this is a cool coincidence and like a lot of Hammer movies, it's got a lot of great religious imagery right off the bat, too. There's crosses everywhere. There's that creepy fucking, you know, Mary painting on the wall of the lodge that I think is like the first thing we see. But uh, yeah, that, so all that's great. I love the way this is shot, too. It's all like natural lighting, it looks like. And it's 
it's gorgeous. The cinematography is is absolutely beautiful. Like even yeah. early on, there's just some some shots that's like, wow, this is gorgeous. Even one in the the house before they leave. It's just like a hallway. Yeah. Just a white hallway with the, the wood floors. Yeah. And just the so, way it's lit, the way it's shot. This stuff looks is very captivating. So fantastic. You have Alicia Silverstone, like, acting her ass off in this really small role. And for me, I just noticed my reaction in the theater when she pulled the gun out and shot herself after all that, like, really good atmospheric buildup and everything. I don't know why, but it made me laugh. <laughs> I laughed this time, too. <laughs> it's It's so sudden. And that sounds so mean. Because I love the build up to everything, but something about the way it, it's it's so quick and it's so like just I, I don't know. There's something about the way it looks too that makes me laugh, and I, I feel every time something about it deflates for me. You know, even though I can recognize well, it's definitely like, one way to finalize a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. But yeah, that part is so. I mean, it is shocking. Like, I lo- I love how shocking it is, but something about it just makes me laugh at it. I just maybe it's just like a personal react. I don't know. To me, it seemed so fast. Like she just pulled it out of the out of her bag and just did it. Like there wasn't. It almost yeah. seemed accidental. I mean, clearly it wasn't with the what else she was doing. But it just it was so quick the way she pulled it out of the bag and did it that it it didn't yeah. seem. I don't know. I feel like it's it's probably more realistic to what right you know a yeah. like thematic suicide like again like they would do it the guns on the table she's looking at it mm-hmm. but it's part of it like in real life you know where it is you don't need to have it out that's true center stage you just like yeah. have to mentally get yourself to that point and it's like oh well it's in my bag let me just do it <laughs> before you can think about too much and yeah yeah that's it. true it's just very quick it probably added to the shock value of it as well that she wasn't you know it wasn't on the table we didn't know really to expect it she just pulled it out and did it really fast right. so i mean you're expecting something Although dark I, based on I, the setup yeah, yeah i i saw it coming just from like the way like her reaction leaving everything it just seemed like okay this is what it's pointing towards but it is yeah it is shocking oh still. there's that that moment too where she's in the car putting on makeup when she's on her way to the um to the dad's house yeah. too there's something about that that was so sad to me like i guess this time watching knowing how things happen that she still has hope at that mm-hmm. point that she can like win him back you know like something about that just really like hit me hard this time let's move on to the funeral so next yeah. scene they're at the funeral um they're letting these black balloons float into the sky the daughter mia she um tied her balloon around this little doll that looks like the mom and was wearing a matching dress to the mom uh, earlier and they released the balloons uh, up into the sky and of course the balloon with the doll on it just falls back down (laughs) and you know she kind of has a a meltdown which understandable and uh, then she is freaking out because her mom isn't going to get into heaven because you're told um in catholicism and other forms of christianity that if you commit suicide you won't go to heaven and the dad just keeps trying to comfort her but she tells him you don't understand so i think i get the impression that he's inconsolable yeah i think is the word that's that's the scene that like cements her as the best actress for me because that is so that scene is so fucking heartbreaking um yeah and like partly because like i grew up catholic and i knew that like i struggled with that same like thought when i was a kid like being told that like you know 
like who can and can't get into heaven. And then like knowing people who had died at that point being like, well, they're in hell according to like my religion and just having to like, de- like it's a fucking hard thing to like get your mind around um, if, when you're being taught that as a kid. Yeah. Um, so Aiden is, uh, he goes out of the room, gets his sleeping stuff, and then he sleeps on the floor next to her uh, bed in the sister in Mia's room, and he holds her hand like a good brother. It's very sweet. Uh, and then we cut to six months later. There's also, at this point, has been the dollhouse, right? We've seen the dollhouse a little bit. Yeah, it's like yeah, the opening from sequence. from the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We see the this little dollhouse, and it has like wood, wooden paneled walls and stuff and little dolls, and then the mom with the dolls, too. Um, so anyway, six months later, Richard is setting up for Thanksgiving outside. Um, there's uh, turkeys hanging, like cooked turkeys just, hanging. This is such a bizarre scene. <laughs> Right. One, you're eating Thanksgiving dinner outside. Did you guys notice what the Thanksgiving dinner consisted of? Tell us. No, I didn't. Yeah, let us know. Lasagna and peas. (laughs) That's what it seemed that was on the plate. Because Mia makes like a little plate for her doll. Yeah. But then even more bizarre, there's a point later on in the movie where you're either... I can't remember if they're watching that movie or if it's like in a flashback. But you get a previous Thanksgiving that they have those same turkeys, like, hanging, but one of them's wearing it as a hat. Right, just And again, hat, yeah. there is lasagna and, like, peas and other vegetables the turkeys on the plate. turkeys didn't look real to me, right? They were, like, fake. Were they, like, real turkeys? Right. They're, like, decorative, decorative yeah. turkeys. But it was just, like, this seemed like a, That's really bizarre. a tradition for them. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was very strange. I do know that these... I think these directors and writers are Austrian. Maybe this is all some weird Austrian customs we just don't know about, you know? And they're like, yeah, okay, we're going to <laughs> write in the average family Thanksgiving, and it's just the most bizarre thing we've ever seen because like we just their don't their interpretation yeah. of American tradition, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Americans like peas. lasagna, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what you get when your main export to what country was it? Norway is Garfield. <laughs> yeah, uh, Austria. Yeah, you know that's the most I know about, yeah. about American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so Richard asks Maya and Aiden to go to the family's remote lodge. I keep wanting to call it a cabin, um, but it's a lodge apparently, and it is in Massachusetts, by the way, uh, for Christmas. He will not be there for most of it, though, he says, because he has to come back for work. So his girlfriend, Grace, who we have not met yet, aside from the back of her head as she was sneaking out of the house in the beginning, um, Grace will be there with them for when Richard is gone. Uh, Aiden says he's not going anywhere with her, blames her for his mother's suicide, and calls her a psychopath. He says that Grace is, quote, in his books. Uh, So he was a writer. Richard's a writer. Mia puts the mom doll in the fourth seat at the table, this little outdoor table on the patio thing that they're eating on, <laughs> and then uh, they eat outside in the cold, wrapped in blankets. Yeah. Uh, so bizarre. Richard's idea is an all-time horrible idea, like six months after their mom commits suicide, to be like, I'm going to put you alone in the cat, you know, in the lodge with the woman that, like, you know, drove her to, like Right. That, Not even, like... This is the first time we're meeting, but like you're meeting them, and then I am walking yeah. away. And the from kids, this whole situation. and the kids have already communicated they don't like her and are not comfortable with her. Yeah, and he's like, it's "Okay, you guys go Christmas. off here alone." Yeah, holidays <laughs> are Christmas. you know they're like a 
family time and they just yeah, lost the their fir- mother. The first, right, the first Christmas that they're losing the mom. Yeah, yeah. Although I get it from the dad's point of view. The, the Grace doesn't have any family. And mm-hmm. like, okay, it's, it's bad. Like he seems to have left his wife for a much younger woman who is also like, we'll get into very mentally unstable. Seems that he has a type. <laughs> but you know like it's it's not the very it's not the smartest move on his part exactly. overall <laughs> but again like as we're seeing he doesn't make the best choices necessarily anyways there's a there's a big another doozy coming up too yeah so aiden and grace get on the internet at this point to look up to gr- to google grace they find that she was raised in a cult led by her father who is played by Riley Keough's real-life father, Danny Keough. Uh, She was the lone survivor of a mass suicide where 39 people took their own lives. The image is reminiscent of Heaven's Gate suicides that we see. Um, They also had 39 people where they are all laying on beds with their faces covered. They're all covered with this purple, silky kind of thing. Um, Marshall Applewhite, though, did not have kids... Uh, that might be because he removed his own ability to do that. <laughs> uh, but we see a video of yeah. Danny Keo preaching, the father preaching, and the camera kind of scans the audience. The followers look very young. Did you guys notice that? They all look extremely yeah. young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they start. Like teenagers and young adults. Yeah. Yeah. They start to sing a song called Nearer My God to Thee. It's a 19th century Christian hymn that was written by Sarah Flowers Adam, Sarah Flower Adams, and it was set to music by her sister, I believe. Uh, the story retells the story of Jacob's dream. And if you've seen Midnight Mass recently, the song might sound familiar. It's also supposedly the song that they sang as the Titanic sank. So the song... Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeez. It's like grim as fuck. Uh, but the kids also watch some of these videos from the cult and from the night of the suicides. And it shows the bodies. Um, first of all, it's it's little Grace. And she pulls off the silk, purple silk thing from one of the bodies. And there's duct tape over the mouth of this person that says sin has been written on it with permanent marker. The video shows Grace is the one holding the camera. She steps in front of a mirror and shows her face. Uh, Richard kind of bursts in, finds them snooping, and then convinces the kids to go to the cabin with Grace. So um, now we know that Grace and Richard probably met while he was researching a book that he was writing about uh, uh, an extremist Christian cult. Right, right. Yeah, very fucked up. Real quick thing about Danny Keo though. I was looking into him. Yes, he is the father of Riley. He was a musician, and his only other credit on IMDb is for this movie from the nine uh, no two thousand, uh, starring Judd Nelson called mm. Cabin in the Lake. That is the exact type of movie that we would cover on this Ooh. podcast. Okay. Apparently, it's a screenwriter in L.A. who lives like on the outskirts, lives by a uh, lives in a cabin by a lake, and he's a serial killer who abducts, kills women, and then keeps the bodies in the lake as like a uh uh what like a garden right his underwater female body garden 
I mean, I'm interested like, I, 100% I, I, into this I idea. I saw that, yes. I looked at it, I was like, that is exactly the type of shit that we would watch for this podcast. That's crazy. Oh, 100%. Is it kind of like yeah. those, we'll those sculptures of into. people that somebody made and put them underwater? That, that's creepy. Yeah, like, or, or that guy that did the, um, the sculpture of Jason, like, chained up yeah, under, exactly. under a lake. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Um. We'll have, to, we'll have to pair that with, like, Secret Windows sometime. Uh, another movie where someone makes right. a garden out of corpses. Um, that'll be you know the fine, like, yeah, some kind of underwater theme. Yeah. I grew up on a lake, and at one point, I don't remember when this was, but uh, somebody, and I assume it was an artist or something, but somebody dropped something in the water, so when the tide was just the right at right the right point there was a face like a big floating mask Whoa. of a face that was right off the pier like you couldn't reach out and touch it or anything and you shouldn't jump off of piers especially this one because people used to die a lot from jumping off this pier and hitting rocks but uh, it was very rocky <laughs> around there or they would get like it would be really you know they would get slammed into the pier and die that way but yeah there was just this creepy ass face that would appear sometimes Jesus. when the water level was lower and like it's gone now it was there for years and like i mean we lived there nobody knew what where it came from <laughs> but it was super that's, unsettling i mean nobody else, like my family was just like oh yeah that's weird but i always thought it was so creepy i love it but they were they just accepted in their daily lives that there was a creepy face in the lake <laughs> at certain yeah, times they're like, oh that's weird like nobody else is terrified by this thing <laughs> Oh, you know, we just have to sacrifice a virgin to it every year or our <laughs> crops don't grow. But it's no, it's really no big deal, you know? It's pretty big. It doesn't too. affect our day-to-day lives unless you're that virgin every year. <laughs> <laughs> the same one. Okay. Yeah. So let's get back to this horribly depressing movie. So the kids uh, get, get their stuff packed up. Um, they're taking their lookalike dolls with them. As they leave, the camera zooms in on three of the dolls that look like maybe they were murdered in the living room. They're kind of all splayed mm-hmm. out in a weird way. Um, Grace's face has been obscured up until this point. Uh, we saw the back of her head, or except in the video where she's really young, but you know we saw the back of her head and like other. They're in the car and the f- car is foggy, and so we can't really see her. But she gets in the car. And turns around and says hi to the kids, and she's a normal-looking woman. Um, but like the build-up, it was very unsettling because she gets she gets in with the the dog, and then just sits there yeah. for like a good like beat or two. Yeah, and then turns around, and it's a tense reveal. And then like I mean, Riley Keough is like a, a stunning person, so like it just makes it even like pop even more. It's like oh wow, okay, you know like. You know, I get it. If you're this research, if you're a guy researching this death cult, and you come across this woman, you're like, okay, I can see why you would shoot your shot with her. Well, just to put it out there as well, like <laughs> currently their ages right now, Armitage is fifty, and he's fifty. Theo is thirty-two currently. So minus a couple years for this movie, he's probably like forty-seven. She's yeah. twenty-nine. I never would have guessed he was that old. Yeah. Which I mean, it's not. I know it's not that old, but like that—that's way that's way older than I expected for him. Oh my god, he looks great for fifty. Yeah. But I will say he has probably the pointiest nose of <laughs> any person I have ever seen in my entire life. It's how I always recognize. It's how I was watching this when I when I saw this in theaters, and I was like, "Oh, that's Thor and Oakenshield from The Hobbit," because yeah. I just do it from his nose. Yeah, even under all the the 
prosthetics and beard and shit in that one. Like, yeah, you can tell it's him. <laughs> That's why I was like, it's Francis Dollaride. <laughs> uh, the kids don't even respond either. Like, when she turns around and finally says hi, they just sit there, don't respond. Um, the head, they head up to the lodge, and the landscape keeps getting more and more remote. And it seems like a really long ride. I thought it was like an eight-hour drive, kind of. You know, it seemed like they left pretty early in the yeah. morning. Um well, at one point he says when he's coming later from his house, it's like, it'll take six me five hours. or six hours, yeah. depending on the roads. When yeah. they arrive, it's dark. Oh, also, they're in Massachusetts, so it gets dark at like 4 p.m. too at this point. Uh, <laughs> so it's dark when they arrive. So yeah. Grace brought her cute little puppy with her, too. And the dog is called Grady, which is obviously a reference to the caretaker in The Shining, who also murders his entire family while snowbound. Yeah, it stacks I them just put in, that together in one of the rooms. <laughs> as yeah. soon as you said its name, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's in the." Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh. One of the creepiest yep. characters in any movie ever. Um, that's uh, that's a cool shout out. Yeah, but it's, it's how he says corrected. Corrected. I, you, I corrected them. I corrected them. Yeah, exactly. She's been. So the or lodge... He's been rather naughty. Talking about Danny. Ooh. <laughs> The lodge feels really dark with all the wood paneling. It's not, it doesn't seem like a very comforting place or like a place where I would like to go. Just, I, it's real dark and it's already winter and cold. It just yeah. feels like a cold house anyway. Uh, but Grace hides some Christmas presents in a drawer. She unpacks a large bag of pills and stuffs a photo of Laura in a drawer as well. Mia prays at the dinner table and that seems to make Grace a little bit uncomfortable. There's a crucifix on the wall in the bedroom that Richard says belonged to Laura. Grace claims it doesn't bother her. And um, the kids probably needed a white noise machine or something because they can hear giggling from the parents' room. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Richard and the kids then go ice skating the next morning. Grace attempts to join them. She's obviously not uh, comfortable with skating. The kids are asked to help her because she obviously can't skate. But instead, they just, like, take her hat that belonged to their mother and then fuck off. They just kind of leave her standing there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Mia is playing with the mom doll and accidentally throws it into a fishing hole. And Grace is like, don't, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. Grace tries to get it in. Trish, God damn it. Grace ends up falling in trying to save the doll. And this right here is why I don't skate on frozen bodies of water. I skate in, this, like inside facilities that are meant for skating. It's, I feel like that's every time in movies, whenever there people are ice skating on oh, a yeah. or any body of water, I'm like, this is when everybody falls in and dies. It, it is one of the most horrifying ways to think of to die. <laughs> yeah, I cannot imagine how much that they have to pay you to do the stunt. Exactly. Because there are points where it definitely looks like it is Riley Keough and like she's doing it on her own. I no i mean i guess you're getting millions of dollars right i literally Hopefully, just but... when i was watching one of the other um uh speaking of hammer movies i was watching one of the dracula movies and there's this shot where christopher lee goes down into the water like this like that's how dracula is killed and i was reading up on it and the stuntman like lost his way couldn't see through the the ice and could not find like the oxygen tank they had down there for him and he survived thankfully but it was like a really close call 
Um, oh and that God. shit freaks me out so much. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I will say that that is like a, I mean, this is a winter horror movie that we've been talking about, and it's got the ultimate, like, <laughs> that's the scariest way to, to die in the snow for me, like, in, in the cold temperatures. Like, that is so freaky. Yep. So Richard tells Grace that he can stay and not go back to work if she's uncomfortable, but she insists that everything will be okay. Um, she's hiding a pill bottle behind her back at that point. So that makes me think maybe he doesn't know that she has emotional problems at this point, or at least that she's not medicated uh, uh, or that she is medicated. <laughs> if, if he knows he her past at all, she has emotional problems, <laughs> then he is real dumb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is this a scene yeah. where he, he pulls the safe out of the closet too? Yeah, he oh, yeah, shows right. her this family pistol <laughs> and then teaches her how to use it, but she clearly knows how to use it on her own already. She just, like, takes it. It's like, pow, 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 pow. And then he leaves. That's the other, like, you know, oh, man, I, oh, I, <laughs> just all-time bad decision is to then show her there's a loaded gun in the house, you know? Just, like, you know where she came from, like, and there's kids in this house. Like, what, what, the, what is the purpose of this? Like, is it to, why, why give her a gun? Um... Also, he says Wendy from the gas station has a spare key if you need anything. So Wendy is also from The Shining. I don't know if that's also supposed to be from The Shining as well. Oh, uh, no, no, no. That's that a, I would yeah. I would believe it. Yeah. Um, I might have Wendy like stop by to check on them as well. I mean, knowing what happened, right? Like, how are they supposed to get to the gas station if the power goes out or something? But anyway, yeah, did not lead them to any type of vehicle whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> that to me is insane as well yeah um so and it's also only supposed to be a couple of days like are we talking a week two weeks how many days exactly it's pretty unclear yeah like later she sets the 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 clock to like december 23rd but we don't know how long they've been there at that point yeah so that means that the dad it left for like actual days, christmas but, you know he's i think he said he was returning on christmas itself i think was his plan i believe i could be wrong but he seems to be a writer like i don't i guess i'm not understanding why he needs to be away yeah they're really vague about what he does and it really to me like i the first time i watched this too i expected like he's got ulterior motives doing this beyond like you know oh i want them to connect or whatever because it it does just feel like he is intentionally like setting up for disaster i feel like his mentality throughout this whole movie is just like what could go wrong what could go wrong with me leaving my wife for a much younger woman right what could go wrong with me introducing my children to this unstable <laughs> woman what could go wrong i just leave them together for an unknown amount of time with a gun yeah yeah and he's right. expecting his children to be like emotionally mature and also kind of like over it you know like because he's fine he yeah. doesn't seem that bothered by the suicide and like he was okay with the divorce he loves grace so like the kids need to be okay with it too and like they i hope that they're in therapy too yeah the kids repeatedly making it clear how they feel about all this too and he just totally ignores it like it's yeah he he is i mean it's just it's to the point where i expected there to be a twist like oh he's doing something intentionally he's got like some you know weird fucked up i don't know it is like a i guess it's just like it's like a gothic story right where it's, there's just this guy that uh <laughs> is this fucked up and and you know i guess like uh selfish yeah yeah that's a good way to describe it i guess just selfish so the kids are still acting hostile 
toward Grace. Um, they are not trying to bond with her at all. She asks if they want to help decorate. They they just ignore her. She asks Mia what she wants for Christmas. Mia says she wants a bulldog. Grace says that she didn't get presents as a kid because her dad was super religious. And presents aren't mentioned in the Bible, which is interesting. Mia shows her a video. Uh, she says this is... Um, but there are presents in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. the three wise I mean, men brought they gifts. They literally brought... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. You can't, like, find reason within religion, though. So. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah, yeah. So Mia, yeah, so Mia says she's going to give her dad this this videotape thing. So she shows Grace, and it's old family videos, uh, and their mother is in it a lot. It seems, you know, and Grace kind of just walks away. She walks out of the room, um, and there's a, a plant room, which I'm not really sure why they would have a plant room with plants in it if they only go there some of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the plants yeah. didn't seem totally dead they didn't seem like they were doing well but they didn't seem to i don't know maybe wendy has been taking care of their plants for like eight months out of the year who knows so grace ends up moving the painting the creepy catholic lady painting and it's just overall not feeling all the catholic iconography that's in the cabin it's giving her nightmares about her father and she takes a shower where aiden is just creepily watching her from the mirror like she sees him in the reflection of the mirror yeah uh and he also wrote something so it like steamed up you know it was kind of creepy she finds a shrine yeah. for laura that's in the hallway and the candles are still blow burning so she blows it out uh she plays some weird organ thing and then goes to check on the kids where she has this flashback of the dead cult members and she wakes up on the floor in her room and finds that her drawers have been ransacked. The presents are now under the bed along with the mom doll. Uh, Mia can't find her doll and ask Grace to help look for it. And then Grace quote, finds it in the dog bed. She's like, Grady, <laughs> he must've thought it was a toy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really understand this part of like why this was. Yeah. I took it as she's hiding the doll and then finding it to like get in Mia's good graces. That's kind of how I, uh, you know, took that part with the doll missing and everything. Because, like, she is doing like, a kind of a bad job at hiding, you know, being surprised that Grady has it. Like, he must have thought it was a toy. She says it, like, two or three times. Right. Yeah. We also find out later why she may have just awoken on the floor and was seeing things. So, mm, Grace yeah, yeah, yeah. comforts Aiden and asks what she can do to make their relationship better. Uh, he says he doesn't want to talk to her, and Grace responds with, you don't want to talk to me, you just want to watch me in the shower. Uh, and he Good doesn't line. seem to have much of a reaction to that at all, like getting caught doing that. <laughs> right. And then <laughs> here's the thing, like, that's I the last time it's ever really mentioned. It's weird. It's just kind of yeah. dropped beyond that point. You and I think it's a really interesting like facet of this plot You know that they don't really explore after this. And you kind of had the scene earlier where they're hearing them giggling in the, in the bedroom. And, like, you kind of see yeah. the kids are, like, freaked out by it. It seemed almost just a way just to have some sort of nudity in the movie. <laughs> Which, like, I don't mind, especially if it's Elvis's granddaughter. But, like, it, it just seemed, like, out of place. I think it definitely honestly. it adds to, like, uh, um, this is kind Vulnerability, of... Vulnerability, yeah. I guess. I mean, that's what it's usually, like hinting at towards yeah but this is also i think it's kind of an adaptation of uh the 
story, The Turn of the Screw, if you guys know that oh, one. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say Blue Suede Shoe. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah, it's a remake of an Elvis classic, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but um, uh, Turn of the Screw then became, like, uh, The Innocence and The Haunting of Bly Manor. That's all, like, the same story of, like, this governess that has to raise these two kids, you know, in this kind of semi-remote location with their their usual guardian is not there um and they have this kind of fucked up relationship especially between like the young boy and like the governess and so i thought it was like oh this this is doing that part of the story where there's like you know the kid the the young boy is attracted to her and it's like really you know awkward and weird and but you really don't have it explored beyond him peeping on her in that one line and then they just kind of forget about it but maybe it's just taking yeah. inspiration, I guess, from that story, you know? I definitely get the vulnerability aspect of that. It's And it's also, like, they're, he's leaving little messages on the shower and or on the mirror. It's just, the way that they fuck with her... That comes back a little later, like too. It's, like, advanced yeah. fuckery. Yeah. Like, for real. Because usually, really you know, you're is. a young kid, and you're, like, usually young kids just, like, throw fits and do things that are really obvious. But, like... They are, like, psychologically destroying this woman in the scariest fucking ways that, like, this, like, oh, pure yeah. sociopathic And we're not even, like, getting fuckery. to... Well, the, the daughter... Parts, yeah. The daughter, know, at least, I is fueled can't... by, like, Catholic guilt, you know? <laughs> so that's a powerful uh, motivator. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's just a way for him to fuck with her, and the fact that he doesn't feel... He doesn't seem remorseful about it, or, like... It doesn't mm-hmm. even seem to bother him that she brought it up because you'd think that a teenager would be yeah. mortified to get caught doing that. He's uh, right. He's also like, um, you know, I mean, I think it adds to his confusion too and anger at her that he's also probably attracted to her. You know, I mean, like, yeah, he, oh, just, definitely. he doesn't know what he's feeling, this crazy mix of emotions. And he's like letting it out in this incredibly, like you said, malicious way <laughs> and fucking with her, her mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Maya and Grace are watching The Thing, and someone in the movie mentions cabin fever. Just Mm -hmm. a side note there. Aiden makes Grace some hot chocolate and gets the gas heater because the house is cold. Grace asks if it's safe to run in the house. The creepy religious painting falls to the floor, um, and then they change the movie to Jack Frost, I think. Is that that movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With Michael oh, Keaton. Yeah. Michael oh, yes. Keaton classic. That got a big laugh out of me. Where <laughs> that's the movie she wants to watch instead of the thing. You can't have a bigger gap in quality. <laughs> you you start with the thing, and like the first bit we see is like the the dog scene. Like yeah. how the the thing is being put in with the dog, and it's like, ooh, this is getting bad. And we actually get one of the things like puppet yeah let me see like it's the uh the um what do you call those oh my god the the paddle scene later uh, uh the defibrillators yes there you, you go. get that with like the arms getting yeah they up. show yeah, yeah they show a decent amount of the thing i was kind of shocked over how much of that movie they kind of just play <laughs> you get keith david with the the flamethrower yeah there is quite a bit yeah. well it also made me think of like halloween where he yeah we're watching the thing in the background yeah. yeah i mean that's a, also, that's a horror classic is to play another horror movie in the background yeah it's also another uh reference to a movie that's about isolation and cold absolutely yeah yeah and like paranoia that uh there's something yeah. more going on whatever so grace wakes up outside in the snow and uh falls through the ice again her father is pulling her down into the lake she wakes up it's it's a dream obviously that that wasn't happening 
She's on the floor in the living room. Mia on the couch. Her phone is dead. Power is out. Uh, the water's frozen. And there's just a nasty blizzard outside. She asks Aiden if he fucked with every, um, if he fucked with everything as a joke. And the food is missing. Her pills are missing. The decorations are missing. The creepy religious painting is just fine. But everything else, including your medication, is is gone. All their stuff is gone. Um, Grace checks her room. Uh, it's all gone. Um, the dog is also missing. Little Grady is gone. Very creepy. It's a dog in a horror movie, though. You know, you kind of can end up really one way. So sad. Um, they eat some shitty canned soup. And Grace notices that the clock's are on january 9th no it's it's better it's 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 just cans of beans <laughs> that's what it is it's just like beans, beans with water and salting crackers seems to be the only thing they have and then the way they're getting water is by getting like a big pot yeah of snow and yeah. then putting it by the fire to melt i mean we saw what they're eating on thanksgiving beans and, and crackers are like a, i mean that's their normal christmas dinner you know so they already planned to eat yeah, anyway probably. richard You're also probably right, said that she's not a very good cook so yeah, oh yeah he's yeah. like she's a terrible cook so you can eat whatever you want it's like one of the yeah one of the pros of like going to the lodge so with the clocks randomly being on january 9th that's obviously i think it's before christmas at this point still or it was, and now all of a sudden it's January yes. 9th. So um, a- then Aiden tells Grace that he dreamed that the gas heater malfunctioned and they all suffocated, and he thinks that they might be in the afterlife, which is creepy as hell. Grace keeps calling for the dog. The dog's not showing up. She asks Aiden if he messed with the clocks. She hears Mia talking and accuses her of hiding her phone, that her phone is actually working. Um, then she washes herself in the bathroom since they can't shower and a message appears on the mirror that says repent she's using like hot water in the sink so then we see um the scene with the dollhouse again where everyone looks dead including the little tiny sea creatures which i forgot the name the of sea those monkeys things. yeah sea monkeys so the sea monkeys That's right, are dead. there's been a whole thing about mia has the sea monkeys and uh Grace is like, well, if you take care of it, maybe your dad will get you a dog as well. Right. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of creepy that the sea monkeys that are in the dollhouse that's back at their house, their regular house, they're dead. In the same room where all the dolls look to be dead. In the living room. So we hear, nearer my god to thee, as Grace hides the crucifix. Creepy ass song again. Mia bursts into the room and they start walking around the house in the dark, trying to find, well, they find an open window. Um, Outside, she sees a whole bunch of organized snow angels, which goes back to their video of their mother. They were, weren't they making snow angels with their mom in that video? And outside, it's like a grid pattern, a whole bunch of these little snow angels all over the snow. Very creepy. Um... Grace searches in the dark house with a gun, <laughs> um, hearing and seeing her father while nearer my God to thee plays. It's very, it's scary. It's very creepy. She finds Aiden in bed with a sheet over his head and the word sin over his mouth, just like the footage that we saw earlier. It turns out to be morning and Grace is just hovering over Aiden's bed, holding the gun. Very scary. Um, I, I feel like there's so many points. I like, feel like this is it's one that of, point. 
Yeah. Yeah, where In's like, oh, okay, we need to stop this well, shit. I think we're, we're, we're going to say the same thing, Kill. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, we're not, we're not getting into the twist yet, but, like, there are many opportunities where the people doing this should be like, mm, maybe we've done enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Once, once, once she's graduated to holding, you know, standing over you while you sleep with a gun, like, you should probably rethink your plan. Yeah. Ugh. So the clocks have been changed back to January 9th again. Grace packs a bag with some food and says that they're all hiking to the nearest town. She needs her pills. She takes off alone, wrapped in a blanket because their coats are gone. All their shit is gone. And the kids are like, you're not going to make it. And she's like, we don't have a choice. I have to go. I have to do this. So as she's walking, she sees this uh, cross-shaped building that's in the middle of nowhere. And her father is standing in the window. Um, But it doesn't answer the door. So she keeps going, and eventually she just goes in a big circle. She ends up right back at the house. She sees something red that's been buried in the snow. It's kind of sticking out of the snow a little bit, right in front of the front porch. Uh, so she, her nose is bleeding also while she starts, like, digging it out, and her nose is bleeding all over the snow. Um, and she finds a bunch of their shit is buried right in front of the house. Super fucked up. So she goes... Uh, well, it's like a um, a photograph in a frame with like a little black ribbon. Like it seems like a memorial type, yeah. Thing. So right? yeah, like Aiden shows it to her, and it says "In loving memory" with the two kids on it, suggesting that yeah. maybe they did all die. And um, Grace is struggling with quite a few things here. She has her medication <laughs> withdrawal. She's hungry, cold. Obviously, there's a lot of anxiety stuff going on. Um, All the other shit that's going on in her head. She's sleepwalking. She keeps having visions and dreams about her father and the cult. Um, So she's, you know, this is a struggle time for her. So she finds the children are praying over a newspaper article that has, that lists the deaths of all three of them from carbon monoxide poisoning on December 22nd, 2019. Aiden insists that they repent and pray because they're in purgatory. Grace flips out, like screaming at him to shut up. Aiden says she can prove it, or Aiden says that he can prove it, that they're dead. So he goes up and hangs himself in the attic. (laughs) He survives and tells her that they're already dead, and that's why he can not die from being hanged, and uh, they all need to confess their sins. So, it's super fucked up. So, that later, kind of, like, looking through the house or whatever, and we see that there is a holster or something on the floor in an attic, in the attic, meaning that Aiden was obviously um, faking that. They're not really dead. Mm-hmm. So, Grace goes outside to uh, move around in a circle on her knees while repeating some religious <laughs> stuff. Maybe that's the repenting. I don't really know how that works. But she ends up finding her dog frozen to death. Mm-hmm. And Mia claims to have left the door open and apologizes. The sea creatures are also de- sea monkeys are also dead. Um, Mia does feel really bad about this. I I feel like yeah, Mia is showing some like genuine sincerity about yeah, like that, the, that's the other like the plan up. that they've been enacting. Right, that's the yeah. other fucked up part about the plan is that like Aiden knows how <laughs> religious his sister is too, and so he's just playing into her her fears as well and warping the shit out of her brain. I'm sure. So Aiden and Mia 
go to this hidden door in the basement. It's like a crawl space or something. And that's where all of the stuff that went, quote, missing earlier has been stashed. And they tell Grace that they were joking. Now they're sorry after Aiden fucking faked hanged himself. And the dog died. Little shits. I swear. Yeah, this is like the spiritual sequel to The Witch, where it's like <laughs> two fucking children should have been disciplined at some point in their lives so they're not being so fucking creepy. Yeah, you're on their side when it starts, because, like, you know, they they lose their mom, their dad is a real piece of shit, and then they go off and do this, and you're like, well, I can't, feel, I can't really yeah. feel that bad for you anymore, Yeah, kids. Like, if you're going to be torturing this woman like this. Like, at first yeah. you're like, well, Grace is a homewrecker, and then yeah. eventually you're like, uh... She needs to be saved from these children, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, they tell Grace that they were, they were joking. None of it was real, even the hanging. They have been drugging and gaslighting her this entire time. Her father's voice was them playing recordings from a wireless speaker. Uh, that is seriously, like, insane levels of fuckery. Like, I can't even, that's crazy. It's like expert level. It's disgusting. So Grace starts reciting some religious shit, and they go and try to start the generator, but it doesn't work for real this time. Uh, It's too late, though, because Grace is already convinced that they're in purgatory, and they must do penance to ascend to heaven uh, to be accepted by the almighty angels. That night, the children witness Grace self-flagellating by burning herself on the fireplace. That that just seemed so painful. She just, like, kneels (laughs) into the fire. Yeah. After Richard... Well, she, like, yeah, gets a couple logs, like, a little outside of the fire, and then just kneels down on them. Like, is in so much pain, like, throws up, and is, like, just, like, in such a state, and then stands up and does it again. Like, it is is very uh, thorough. Yeah, it's really disturbing, too. So, Richard can't get a hold of them, because all their phones are dead, and... Uh, after a while, he finds that the dollhouse has the three people looking murdered in the living room, and one is hanging in the attic space, which we didn't see before, I don't think. So he calls someone and says that he's going to be at the lodge, but it's going to take five to six hours if the roads are even open. That's what he says. So um, then we're back to the kids. They're hiding in the attic. Mia leaves to go to the bathroom, despite Aiden telling her repeatedly not to go down the stairs. Grace follows her back upstairs and confronts them, insisting that they must sacrifice something for the Lord. She wants Mia to burn the mom doll and sets it on fire. Richard finally arrives and finds the dead dog is in the dog bed, um, and Grace has the pistol in her hand. She says that God is punishing them and holds the gun to her head and pulls the trigger. It doesn't go off. Uh, To prove her belief that they are in purgatory, she then fires the gun at him, at Richard, and kills him. Aiden and Mia (laughs) run out to the car. (laughs) You just like people getting shot on screen, apparently. This is very funny to you. (laughs) There is something funny about him getting shot, yeah. I mean, look, I don't know how to explain it in this movie, but it's just like... It is. It's super quick, but like his performance in that, like I think, is really good. Yeah, like he is selling that uh, desperation. 
in the situation and like trying to you know steer her towards you know not killing herself his children him you know but it's like there's some real compassion and like understanding in right. what he's in what he's saying he is good just the the character as a whole is so despicable that like i'm just kind of like yeah that's what you get man <laughs> it's like what do you expect what is gonna happen yeah i mean i feel bad for him like alicia no, silverstone is too. obviously problematic yeah you know he's he's trying his best to just you know don't don't date someone 18 years younger from a cult you know <laughs> It's it's those simple rules that allow me to live my life drama free. Yeah. <laughs> so Aiden and Mia run out to the car. Um, they get stuck in the snow because obviously Aiden's not old enough to drive, so he's a bit of a dummy behind the wheel. Uh, Grace forces the children back into the lodge and then seats them around, like at the table, with their dead father who's bleeding all over the place. Um, and then she she sings "Nearer, My God, to Thee," creepiest fucking song in the world. Now they have the traditional bean and cracker dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she puts duct tape with the word "sin" written on it over their mouths, and we see the gun is sitting on the table and it's loaded. And uh, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So presumably she kills the two kids and then kills herself. Uh huh. Um, I was hoping she was going to, not hoping, but I was expecting though when, um, she has the, the bowls in front of them, I thought she was going to drown them in the, in the beans. That would have been, <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of wish that that's how it's it ended. a little more work. I feel like you said that the father was <laughs> kind of shitty, like a shitty dude. So he maybe wasn't that sad when he died, but I feel the same way about like Aiden because, like oh, I yeah. said yeah. multiple times already, this shit is fucking crazy, and he's obviously like a young budding psychopath. So I don't really think that it's that bad. Oh, I yeah. mean, of course, like you know, kids die that's sad, but at the same time, like okay, if he can fuck with someone this hard, with like thirteen or however old he's supposed to be, like it maybe it's right. a good yeah, thing. Yeah, like that he's imagine not how he's going to treat his first girlfriend. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I remember because when I when I first started watching this, I have a note. Um, because again, it's my second time seeing this. So I, I remember the ending and that Aiden was behind like everything going on at the lodge. Um, that first scene where he's introduced, they're in the car on the way to uh Richard's house with their mom, with Leisha Silverstone, and he is like he pulls the arm off of the mom doll, and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny because he's already like <laughs> fucking with women <laughs> in this first scene. He's introduced like symbolically, like tearing her apart, you know. And he kind of like laughs oh, at yeah. the sister, and then he gives the arm back. Like, uh, so I was like, he's already kind of a shithead from the get go. Like, he's he's fucked up. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I don't have anything else. <laughs> I well, one thing I wanted to. I mean, we didn't really get into it, but there. I mean, there's a lot of the like religious overtones continuously. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Like, about how how much that can fuck you up, and like instilling eternal damnation into this little girl, like mm-hmm. breaks her down to a point where like she is uncontrollably sobbing over her mother's you know yeah. eternal soul. I can say that's those are my favorite scenes in the movies anytime anytime she like has that breakdown. She's so good at that. Um and it's really yeah. like heart wrenching. Uh yeah, there's so many good like religious like shots and imagery in this. Like when they're releasing the balloons at the funeral and have that giant cross yeah. like above them with all the black yeah. balloons floating above it. It's a really cool image. And it's like again, this is from hammer who made all these like classic gothic 
movies and it helps keep in that same aesthetic, you know, like the, the dark religious um, visuals. It's cool. Yeah. And with, you know, Mia versus Grace, like we get just this obvious like uh, Catholicism and Mia, but like a cult yep. and Grace and just how it's even more insane. It did make me think of another movie um, about like a cult. Have you guys ever heard of a movie it's called the passion of darkly noon no i have not heard no. of it i want to say like mid 90s i'd have to look it up again but it, it it's very similar to a point of like a suicide cult happens and it's brendan fraser <laughs> well. escapes from this cult and then he starts hanging out with ashley judd wow. who is married to vigo mortensen and he, like, becomes obsessed with her and her scantily clad. Yeah, it's very uh, bizarre. And, like, the ending is a giant shoe on fire in a river. <laughs> like, there's a lot of really crazy shit in it. Huh. But it has that, like, that kernel of the suicide cult. And, like, how someone is is trying to get beyond this, like, huge amount of neuroses right like yeah. minimum neuroses like psychosis brought on by like your religious upbringing this is the third time today i've, I've like heard about a movie where i'm just like i need to see this immediately this sounds fantastic you taking notes <laughs> oh yeah yeah um yeah 1995 cool it's yeah those three grace zabrinsky from from twin uh, peaks twin, twin peaks. peaks and all those oh, yeah i love i love her yeah she's incredible I'll have to look into that. That's really cool. Yeah, this movie has a uh, it has a lot of references to to other movies just in general. Like it references the thing, like we mentioned, references The Shining. I think in, in more than one way. This is another movie where kind of like the stepfather. We have a character Russian to like save the day. The stepfather and The Shining, and then just immediately gets killed. <laughs> like ends up not really being a help at all. Yeah. Um. So uh, I don't know. I kind of saw that as a reference to Dick Halloran in, in the sh- getting killed in the foyer in The Shining after all that travel up to the mm. Overlook. Um, this is cool. I I told you guys I just watched rewatched Shining last night at the New Beverly Theater, and like, there's uh, I feel like I kind of made this one this movie even better just by being able to catch the references and the way they managed to like capture the mood. You know, I was really impressed by when I saw this in theaters. Uh, I didn't really like it. I like it a little better now after watching it a second time. But that first time I saw it. Uh, I went to work that day after I I watched it and I was all kind of jazzed to tell one of my coworkers, oh, I saw this movie I didn't really like, but it was kind of interesting, whatever. And I like walk in and the first thing he says to me is like, oh, I went and saw this movie today called The Lodge. It was such a piece of shit. And I was like, I was literally just going to say that to you. Like, it was such a weird, <laughs> we just both on a lark saw it the same day and disliked it. Um, but I like it more now. Watching it again a second time, I, I was able to appreciate like, how fucking great this movie looks it looks so good um oh yeah it's shot magnificently yeah and i was able to like kind of get into the characters a bit more this time but i still think like i think after um right when aiden starts like convince her about being in the purgatory i find this movie kind of slows down quite a bit and like you said it's like an hour and 48 minutes it kind of it does at one point feel like it's really really dragging and uh kind of tiring for me because it is so bleak and so depressing for so long and you just hate that <laughs> you hate aiden so much Prob- yeah like that th- 
the end of the second act to like the end of the third act there's like yeah the, just a big slowdown yeah but it's i mean but then it's a uh, for it but then it's a good ending once richard comes in and gets shot right. and all that stuff like that's all good um <laughs> Yeah, this definitely improves my opinion of the movie, though, watching it this time and talking about it. I think, like, as we talk about it, too, like, I, I find more things to appreciate. Do you want to go ahead and give it a rating, then? Because you just, you said, like, your feelings, and then you can give it a rating I did. if you'd like. But we got to come up. What are we going to rate it out of? Turkey hats. <laughs> sea monkeys. Las- lasagna and pea dinners. Lasagna and pea dinners. Uh, beans uh, and crackers. Grady's. Soup. Hey, yeah. let's name it after Grady the dog. Let's do yeah, Grady's in tribute to the little puppy who did not deserve to freeze to death. <laughs> Out of Grady sickles, yeah. But you have to go first, kill. So we're not. Well, I feel like Greg is like. You're right again. My thoughts. Yeah. Do you want me to just throw on a, a rating? I'm gonna bump. Yeah. I I uh, the entire time I was planning to give it two and a half, uh, Grady's. But I'm just gonna go three just by talking about it. Like. I, I think there is a lot to like about it. Um, I think it's, it's it's really, really well shot. I think these two directors are very stylish and cool. Um, especially the way it's all like, I think it's all natural lighting from what I could guess, or they did a good job of emulating natural lighting at least. So you talk about like the cabin feeling or the lodge feeling dark and cold. It's usually because like the only light sources are like the, you know, the, the wintry, fire pit, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. All that shit from outside, and it's it's, it's very blue and chilly. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna say three Grady's for my rating. Cool. Do you want to go next? You want me to go next? Either or, I can go. I mean, I I also I enjoyed the movie. I don't think it's a uh, sensation, but I I liked a lot of what was going down. Again, like I hate the children <laughs> as it goes on and progress. Like there's there's reason for it. Just like the witch, I want to smack these children. Yep. But um, yeah, the the cinematography alone is just is is superb. Like it's enough to reason to to give this a play. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to go just a little bit higher than Greg. I'm gonna give it a three point five. Just from like the performances, the cinematography, three point five what vibe? I I think it. Yeah, it it. Needed a little help in the pacing towards the end, but it's a it's a it's a wonderful twist. I find. Yeah, but three point five what? <laughs> oh, excuse me, three point five Grady's. Thank you, thank you. R.I.P. I I agree with you guys in in a lot of what you're saying. Yes, it is. It's a very dark movie. Um, theme thematically, <laughs> the uh, it, it can be very depressing. It's not a movie that I would show to everyone. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff in it, I think, that can be too much for people or triggering or whatever for people. So, um, But I, I also think that it's visually it is very beautiful and the acting is so good. And um, even though it does definitely slow down in a lot of places, you kind of there's a point where you kind of don't know. Like, is this movie? Are they really in purgatory? You don't really yeah. know it, oh it does yeah yeah it definitely had yeah. the first time i watched it i was i really was going back and forth and like what the fuck is actually happening and then the dollhouse i was thinking that it was constantly changing i didn't know that we were just seeing different parts of it every time so it may lead you to believe that like the dollhouse is being fucked with in some way um and then once it's revealed like oh no that's just how they like, kind of plan things out that that was a really cool interesting twist so it does like that's I mean, the other part makes it kind of tiring. It's like you're doing a lot of guessing all the way through. It's like always kind of yeah. throwing new things at you. Like I twists. will say at one point they 
they do try to give like the cover of the twist like barely very early on to the point where i was like well that's obviously not what it's going to be like the kid being like i had a dream that we died of suffocation like Mm -hmm. when that's you know 30 minutes or so into the movie it's like well there's something else is going to be like an actual answer right yeah that's the other part makes it feel gothic uh that i like is that there's always like a secret you know that you're not being keyed in on or something yeah 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 exactly and uh it's just moody i i like these types of movies where they're more atmospheric and very moody and psychological um i i know you know you said it was kind of tiring with that that aspect but i like the like thinking exhausting my brain when i'm watching a movie like trying to figure (laughs) out what's going on and i i don't know i enjoy that so i think overall again the acting and the visuals in this movie are really great so i also gave it a 3.5 3.5 Grady's. Hey, hey. All right. Yep. I didn't expect to, to be the, the one rating things the lowest this month so far. <laughs> I think every movie so far this month I've been given a lower rating than you guys. I don't know what's going on here. Uh-oh. Well, Greg, do you want to let us know what we're going to be watching next week? Yeah, hopefully, uh, in this case, we'll see if I hopefully like this one more. Um, yeah, uh, one of the movies I learned about today that I want to watch immediately is going to be my pick for next week. Um, I want to watch Ravenous from 1999, a wintry horror western with Guy Pierce. I, I have learned, and just that description alone, I am so psyched to watch this. Did we figure out when we were talking earlier? Is it seems like a direct-to-video movie? Is it? I'm oh, getting maybe a, it is. I'm seeing a box office total. Ooh, uh, so maybe not. I guess we'll have to find out. After we thoroughly research and view the movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out next week. Oh, my God. Jeffrey Jones is in it, too. Holy shit. (laughs) I know. That's going to be a rabbit hole. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you can always contact us uh, through email, weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com. We also have Twitter and Instagram, both at weeklymassacre. Hit us up. Let us know what kind of cold movies you like to watch, what you thought of The Lodge, if you would date a unstable <laughs> woman, eighteen year old, eighteen years younger than you, who was in a suicide cult, the only survivor of a suicide cult, I might add, um, you know, let us know. I have questions as to why Grace did end up being the only survivor. Uh, I she think had in the, the camera in the, when they're researching her, doesn't it say that she was like tasked by her dad by uh, with going out to spread the word or something like that? I think it she was like. I know designated... Heaven's Gate did that. They they left a couple yeah. people who were in charge of their website. Who is the, the website is still around today. You can still see their website, and it wow. looks <laughs> oh, yeah. exactly the same as it did back then. Oh shit! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The name of the cult isn't actually Heaven's Gate. I think that's what the website said, and so that's how it got the name because it didn't ah, actually ah, have a name. Yeah, yeah. I uh, a lot of what I read about most of my books are nonfiction, and a lot of them are about cults and cult leaders. So. See, fun little <laughs> hobby of mine makes this pick so much more absolutely like, yep. obvious. Yeah, yep. This is right, yeah. <laughs> right in your wheelhouse. Then, yeah, yeah. Well, until next time, thanks for listening. Hail Satan! Bye. Hail Satan! Stay warm. Bye. Bye. Bye.